the Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you. Uh, I am here again with a good friend of mine, becoming more and more of a good friend as as we interact in these settings and others. But uh, Brother Cody Troutman, brother, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to be with you again. Um, excited to be uh, in Second Nephi today. We have uh, a couple of uh, chapters we're going to cover, uh, chapter three and four in Second Nephi. Um, so not a big block again this week. Um, but there's a lot in here, and excited to kind of dive in and, and look at that and and see uh, some things that, that maybe are applicable to us and, and young adults and even youth as uh, as uh, Brother Troutman teaches the youth right now. Um, but before we do, Brother Troutman, you were telling me some stuff about what your wife's doing right now that, that's kind of exciting. She's very busy, but she, but kind of exciting. Can you can you tell everybody what you're, what you, because last time we had you on, you just had a child, right? Yeah, correct. So tell everybody what uh, what your wife's doing now. Well, I mean, now she's teaching part-time. She dropped to part-time, but she uh, is now trying to be a mom full-time, and teaching turns into, I mean, you know, you, yeah. we think about how to help the youth and young adults all the time, and so that kind of becomes yeah. a full-time that's always on your mind. And, yep. and she's uh, doing a project with BYU with a curriculum for, like, an LDS online high yeah. school Pretty that cool. they're trying to put together just to send out to the whole world. So yeah. just really cool things, but it it definitely becomes a lot really yeah. quick. So yeah. Yeah, so you you guys, I'm sure the gospel is a constant conversation in your home with everything that's going on and and uh, raising your little baby now, and it's an exciting time and uh, it's fun to see her still plugged into, mm-hmm. especially curriculum that she's so good that it's yeah. good, to, good to see what comes out of that. So. Me not so much, but yeah. I'm glad that people like her today. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, let's just jump in today. We're uh, chapter three. Um, this is uh, just before uh, Lehi passes away. Um, and Lehi is speaking here. He's he's kind of giving I don't know patriarchal blessings. Maybe you could yeah, say. He's... And he comes to his son Joseph, his last born, um, and uh, who was born in the wilderness, according to verse one, right? And uh, let's just jump in, kind of here. Uh, is there anything? The first few verses. I know we've already talked about some things we want to touch on, but anything in these first few verses you want to look at? Um, I. I really like in verse 3 that, I mean, because he starts in verse 1 and just says, you know, you were born in the wilderness of mine afflictions yeah. and in the days of my greatest sorrow, right? right? Like, <laughs> you could have been born at a worse time yeah. for me, right? <laughs> but in 3, he says, uh, he brought out of the wilderness of his afflictions, may the Lord bless you forever, mm. for thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. Mm. And just an interesting just outlook and you know as we go into some of these just so cool that even Jacob who probably was not born at the best of times even he can have a blessed life and a a great experience you know even though not uh, not a wonderful time to be 
right. born and, right. and raised up. Yeah. Not ideal circumstances. So I just love that those blessings can still be present. Yeah, even though. yeah we're going to talk about that too, right? Yeah. We're going to get, get, yeah, get to on. that idea, right? I, I love these verses too. And, and I have actually gone through in my paper set of scriptures. I wish everybody could see it. But my paper set of scriptures where... Um, I've numbered which Joseph we're talking about. So in, in mm. verse three, it's number two Joseph, it, because it's in verse, latter day. Yeah, well, Joseph. it's the it's the later than Joseph of old, right? This is Lehi's oh, Joseph, gotcha. so number two Joseph. So now Joseph, my last born. This is speaking to the number two Joseph, because in verse four, behold, thou art of the fruit of my loins, and I am a descendant of Joseph, the first one. Right. That we're going to at least identify as the first one. <laughs> I need to number mine. <laughs> right. It, it, it actually helps me as we get to <coughs> verses that have them kind of all included in there. Yeah. Um, Great were the covenants of the Lord which he made unto Joseph. Now, we could get confused and think this is Lehi's Joseph, but we're talking about Joseph. Early Joseph. Yeah, early Joseph. Joseph, uh, Egypt. Uh, the, the colorful coat and the yeah, soul of that Egypt, guy. that guy, yeah. right? He's got a great voice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wherefore, Joseph, this is verse 5, Joseph truly saw our day. Again, we're speaking of the first Joseph. Um, and talking about um, how the righteous branch of Israel, uh, not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off. So this, this idea of this group that's being split out was shown to Joseph. Um, that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in later days uh, in the spirit of power under the bringing of them out of darkness unto light. Now, we start getting into this idea that, oh yeah, for sure, Joseph II was with Lehi and they left Jerusalem and so broken off, right? Yeah. But, but that verse maybe indicates a little bit more about how we're speaking about Latter-day, uh, a Latter-day branch. Yeah, right? as well. Um, so then we get to six, and I just love some things in six. Uh, for Joseph, the first, truly testifying, uh, testified, saying, A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. So this is Joseph saying, There will be a choice seer raised up to the fruit of my loins. So if we follow that, and uh, we continue on through these verses, we can continue to mark which Joseph we're talking about. Right. Um, and it really isn't until we get to verse 15 that we learn who that, that um, choice seer will be. Verse 15 says, And his name shall be called after me. So this is Joseph of old saying this, his name will be His name will also name, be. Right? So that's now Joseph Smith um, the, the, the third, right, in this story here. And it shall be after the name of his father, which is, I think, kind of an interesting, maybe that was yeah. the third, right? So maybe maybe Joseph Smith Jr. Right. is the fourth, <laughs> and Joseph Smith Sr. is the third, right? I really got a number of these. Yeah, so there's really four Josephs that could be described in here, and this is something that uh, Joseph of old was prophesying of, and, and Lehi is teaching his sons, mm. or his son in particular, Joseph right now, that this seer will come from his loins, from his descendants. So he has, a, he has an important uh, role to play. And then we can back up to three, the promise made to him, thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. Yeah. No matter what else happens to your posterity, you're gonna, you're, there's going to be a maintained group from you. Which I've actually thought about more recently in the fact that, you know, I, I would have been... I would have been like, Dad, just focus on me, yeah. right? Like, right. forget about my kids, forget about right. our posterity, Tell right? me, like, man. What about me? <laughs> but to be, like it says back in 5, 
to be a branch that was broken off, I mean, can you imagine going and just leaving all of the civilization you know to a new land oh, that sure. nobody else knows about at the time? Yeah. You could all die, and who would know? Yeah. You know, who would... Yeah. It, it as far as you know, like, no one lives on the continent. Yeah. They, they do. We know that because Brother Jared and people were there. But, right. But, like... But they didn't know. No. You know, not till... And so... <laughs> Can you imagine living in this place and feeling like nobody will ever know? Nobody will ever even right? care. Yeah. But in five to say, to be broken off, nevertheless, to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord. Yeah. You know, to know that the Lord sees you. The Lord is, he sees you there. And in latter days, you know, he saw us with the, the later Joseph as well. Yeah. I just think that that probably meant a lot more to someone who felt a little isolated. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I would back up to that verse, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 6, and maybe spend just a minute defining what a seer is. Mm. Because I think in the church, we, we sustain prophets, seers, and revelators. And, and I think too often just maybe we synonymously yep. use those phrases, right? Yeah, it all means the same thing. But, but really, a seer is very different than a prophet uh, and a revelator. And, and I think Mosiah gives us some... Uh, some understanding as to what a seer actually is. Um, when he is describing, Ammon um, is describing uh, what a seer does because he's found the people of Limhi. Remember, the people of Limhi were uh, lost, je- lost Jaredite uh-huh. people that were kind of at the end of the Jaredite life found uh, the cycle. Records, found the yeah, yeah, they find the 24 plates. And Ammon is saying, I can't read these because I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know this language. This is an old language, and they don't. And, and they had found this this Jaredite record, right? And the people of Limhi had found that as they were out searching, right? And uh, he says, verse thirteen. Yeah. Now Ammon said unto him, I can surely tell thee, O king, of a man that can translate the records, for he has wherewith that he can look and translate all records that are of ancient date. And it is a gift from God, and the things are called interpreters. And no man can look in them except he be commanded, lest he should look for what he ought not, and he should perish. And whosoever is commanded to look in them, the same is called seer. Mm. So, if we take Ammon's definition of a seer, it is someone who is commanded to translate um, and to maybe even look into seer stones or a Urim and Thummim type of, 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 Correct, yeah. of thing, right? And so when we go back to verse 6, for Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer shall the, the Lord God raise up. I, I can imagine Joseph Smith, as he's translating this record, as of the seer that he is. <laughs> saying, Wait a minute. Like, whoa, this is, this is <laughs> like me. And then he gets the 15 where he shall be named my, after Joseph, and his name will be his father's name. He's, he's like, like, my name's Joseph. My dad's name, <laughs> right? So you can see you can see maybe his experience, but but I think this relates to um, us. I think it relates to young adults. I think it relates to the culture that we live in, where there's so much desire to prove that the church is true or not true, and ultimately what um, what we are asked is I think maybe not even to identify that Joseph was a prophet, but that Joseph was a seer. Um, because we're given the Book of Mormon, a record translated by a seer. Right. And so, uh, and maybe, again, it doesn't matter whether we're identifying him as a prophet or a seer. There, yeah. Maybe there's some... And the order might be, yeah. But, but interesting to me 
that because the record was going to be translated and needed to be translated out of a different language, that Joseph was a seer. And I don't know that we have lots of seers, histories of seers, right? Probably, right. probably um, uh, Moses would have been a seer. He wrote the first five books of the Bible after you know, thousands of years. So there's probably some level of needing to understand what was written, maybe even in different languages at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Moses would be a seer. Uh, obviously, Joseph Smith's a seer. I, I don't know that we know of a whole lot of other seers, though, and there, there are probably others I'm missing, but... Yeah. Right? So, so that's a significant statement. And that we sustain prophets today as prophets, seers, and revelators is a significant thing that we do, though I'm not sure how frequently that seership is used um, right. in our day. But what I love... But going off of that, because you just said we, we do sustain them as prophets and seers yeah. and revelators. And if I sustain him as a seer, what I loved in 13 of, Mos of Mosiah that you just read, yeah. that he said, No man can look except he be commanded, yeah. lest he should look for that which he ought not and he should perish. Yeah. So whoever's commanded to look in them, the same is called a seer. Yeah. And so when it comes to scriptural interpretation and you know what what commandment should be and things like that that that's not that's not something that we get to decide no. we're not the seers we're not the ones who get to translate and to say oh this is saying this yeah. or this is saying yeah. that only those who are commanded yeah. are the ones who are translating god's words into what it should look like yeah. for us and and that's just helpful for me to sustain and think when i sustain the prophet i am sustaining the fact that seership regardless of how often it's used right yeah. that interpretation is is not up to me, but to him, yeah. right? I can, there was, I think it was Elder Razban Renland had the guy give him a call and said, there's new scripture and it's yeah. under, the, this will change the Come course of me. the, the yeah. gospel. We need to go find it. Yeah, it was Elder Renland. And, and he just said, nope, that's not how he works. Yeah. And because he knew that that's not the way the, that's Lord, not the, works. Way the Lord works, right? It's not yeah. his job. Yeah, I, I like that. I think there there is a, then a, a difference between a seer and a revelator, right? Yeah. I remember sitting in a training we were in with Elder Gong and Elder Gong was t teaching us about uh, the feeding of the 5,000 that Christ did. It was when we were teaching New Testament. And he taught that in a way that was like just mind-blowingly different than the way I had ever read it before. And I knew in the moment, I knew he's revealing truths yeah. that were found in a scripture that he read. So that, that, I, that capacity to reveal new hmm. and to, to, to re evaluate and teach a new principle from the same scriptures that we've Read already for had. for a long time. Yeah. That's the revelator, to reveal new, right? Cool. Whereas the seer is the person that can see and, and then translate. I have a little bit of a connection to the um, new hymn book that's coming out. Um, by the way, I can announce that it's kind of, it will, you'll have new hymn books in your hands in the spring of 2026. Um, but the... Uh, you'll start getting digital versions of hymns probably this quarter between now and yes. maybe end of March sometime. We'll start getting some things. Anyway. Good, because I was a little um, discouraged by 2026. I know, I know, right? But the, I'm just but, impatient. But though. the reason for that is actually kind of interesting and maybe ties to this seer concept. You know, I just said I don't know how often the seer ship is used today, um, but I know how heavily vetted the hymns are before they're put into the hymn book. Right. And not only do they need to be vetted in English, the, the language of the modern prophets, but they need to be vetted into the languages that the saints are going to sing them in. And yeah. those, those translations need to be correct. 
And so it's interesting to me that when the, part of the reason for the, the delay is the First Presidency has said when we have the, the songs translated into four languages, English, Portuguese, Spanish, and French, then it's like 90% of the church will have the hymn book. Gotcha. So don't send anything out publicly until we have those four, four languages. languages done. So, so in, in my experience with the hymn book, the prophets are very involved in that vetting process. They, yeah. it, it goes through like five different committees before it gets to uh, the prof prophetic approval, and they look at it, and they read every word, and they make sure that it's, it's what it's supposed to be. So um, obviously there's translators that are working on it lower Correct. at a lower uh, levels there, but, but prophets are probably saying those words, let's make sure those words actually mean what we think they mean. And, yeah. and maybe there's times where they're using that seership to retranslate a word into a little bit different word. Um, I don't know that, but, but I would assume that that blessing is part of when, when that seership might become relevant. Yeah. Anyway, cool. the, the, the long and the short of it to me is... Um, I think, uh, especially young people who are inundated with um, questions about Joseph and questions about plural marriage and questions about all the things that could, could be thrown at them, I think you have the book. You have the thing that Joseph, number four, was, yeah. was told, translate this. And that is the test. I think the Lord in this chapter is giving us some ways to test um, the prophet Joseph. And if we keep going, I think there's more proof of that. If we look at verse right. 17, Lord has said, I will raise up a Moses yeah. and I will give power unto him in a rod and I will give judgment unto him in writing. Yet I will not loose his tongue that he shall speak much for I will not make him mighty in speaking, but I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand and I will make a spokesman for him. Now that's kind of an interesting phrase that he's going to get a spokesman. And I think of Joseph, yeah. and I think, well, yeah, early on, he wasn't a or or great orator or anything yeah, like uh -huh. that, right? But um, by the time we get to section 100 um, in the Doctrine and Covenants, we have Sidney Rigdon literally being called as a spokesman for Joseph. Right. Um, let me maybe just read a, a line there. Um, section 100, um, verse 9 it's expedient in me that you, my servant Sidney, so this is Sidney Rigdon, should be a spokesman unto this people. So we're missing Joseph right now. It's just a spokesman to the people. Yeah. Yea, verily, I will ordain unto you this calling even to be a spokesman unto my servant Joseph. I will give unto him, Joseph, power to be mighty in testimony, and I will give unto thee power to be mighty in expounding all the scriptures, that thou mayest be a spokesman unto him, and he shall be a re revelator unto thee, that thou mayest know the certainty of the things pertaining to the things of my kingdom on earth. Hmm. So this idea that, that Joseph needed a spokesman, whether it was for Joseph to understand some things or for the people to understand Joseph, Sidney Rigdon was called to be a spokesman. Yeah. And in a similar way that he's talking about Moses in chapter 17, I, in my mind, I think, okay, Moses was like, traveled the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, what did yeah. Moses, he led a people and all those things. Uh, Joseph very much did that, right? right. Leading them from New York to, to Missouri and to Illinois. Brigham Young then leads them across the, across yeah, the country, right? Utah, the the yeah. great exodus, maybe. But in this verse, we're learning of Joseph as a, or Moses as a type 
and a shadow of what Joseph will be someday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As needful as Moses was in his day for his people, we need Joseph in our day for our understanding of the gospel, and the Lord does it in a very similar way. So again, maybe a little bit of a proof for us or a way for us to, to test the veracity of the, the gospel in our day. And going back to verse 5, just the whole 5 and verse... Um, and verse 11, just kind of the purposes of that, just like you said, that uh, he would be key in bringing uh, them out of darkness unto light, yeah. out of hidden darkness and out of captivity into freedom. And then sure. 11, uh, to bring them forth unto bringing them unto salvation, in, or in 15, I mean, hmm. uh, to bring my people unto salvation in 15. Yeah. That just, it's the whole purpose. Hmm. And I love that, uh, where was it? He said in 17, talking about Moses, I will not make him mighty in speaking, mm -hmm. but I'll write it to him, and then he'll have a spokesman. And then in 18, right, Joseph, same thing. And Sydney, right, there would be a spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. Yeah. I love that he said, I won't make him mighty in speaking yeah. with Moses. And, and you see a type and a shadow in Joseph and, and Sydney. Because if the Lord, I mean, if he just made one person, the guy, mm -hmm. then they would do everything. Like, where would anyone else fit in, yeah. you know? But I love that Sidney Rigdon was no less valuable yeah. in this, right? They needed someone to declare it. They needed someone to receive it. And yeah. so we all have something mm -hmm. that has been given specifically to us for the furthering of the work of God, yeah. and we're needed. He's not going to give it to I him. love that. It's it's uh, Elder Bednar's talk from just the last conference, no less serviceable, Yeah, speaking to us yeah. about how, you know, we maybe we all can't be Brigham right. or Joseph or Sidney or whoever, um, but but we are no less serviceable because of our smaller assignments. Um, it, it, just to maybe wrap this chapter, um, uh, verse 20, they shall cry from the dust, but why? Even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them, and it shall come to pass that their cry shall go even according to the simpleness of their words to help yeah. your posterity, posterity, Joseph. Right? That's, that's what better blessing could you get? You yeah. know, the, the, that yes, Joseph's probably like, well, what about me, Dad? Like, give me some things, right? Yeah. But to, but to know that my children and my grandchildren and yeah. my great-great-grandchildren, they're all going to be okay because they're going to be, um, there's going to be a seer raised that can help them. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome promise. So cool. So I might just, I might just invite uh, youth and young adults out there that are struggling with the concept of Joseph and the, and the ideas or the issues that have been raised in the latter days about his, um, his prophetic call to study the scripture, study the Book of Mormon, look at what he was a seer and wrote um, and retranslated for us, right? Yeah. Look at it, go study it, find out. Um, that's where you're gonna find your answer. I think it was President uh, Packer, nope, mark that again too. <laughs> it was President, mm, he just passed away. Um, Ballard? Ballard. Yeah. I think it was President Ballard who um, talked about, no, I forgot my thought about what President Ballard talked about, so I can't remember what happened. Hang on just a second. We were talking about... <laughs> Can you play it real quick? Is it Probably. Yeah, just right where we left off. Yeah, probably. Oh, you were inviting him to read... Okay, so... 
I think it was President Ballard that taught that um, he's never met someone who is failing in their testimony, who is reading daily and studying the scriptures and studying the Book of Mormon, never mm. met someone who is, whose testimony was falling away, who yeah. is actively doing the things that the Lord's asked us to do, to remain, to gain at first, right, a testimony, and then to, um, to maintain it. Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's even spoken about some experiences where he, he met some loved ones, some people that he'd, he'd had some great interactions with in his life, who were falling away and he invited them they asked some questions to him yeah. about things he wanted they wanted some help understanding and and he said let's meet but before we meet i want you to read daily between now and the time we meet and then let's meet and and uh by the time the day came that they were going to meet the the issues were no longer really relevant issues it, it was it was really no longer something they needed to yeah. felt like they needed to study out and i'm not saying there's not answers i teach an answering gospel questions class right. there are answers yeah. president ballard could have gone through and given them the answers but that's not going to strengthen their faith what's going to strengthen their faith is having a testimony of a seer yeah. and that that prophets live on the earth again today and and i know they do i know that uh, the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift and power of God as prophesied by Lehi here yeah. and Joseph of old. Of old. Right? Yeah. Number one. <laughs> About <laughs> and, number and two's again. posterity, <laughs> number three's son, number four, Joseph. Who is number four, Joseph? <laughs> Joseph the fourth. Right. I love it. So, um, that, what a great chapter. Mm -hmm. There's there's just so much in there. Uh, but again, I think it's it's mostly proofs of, of Joseph that we can see. Well, and I'll just throw in, just in 12, just to echo your testimony where it says and talking about the the record of the books that shall come forth from them you know yeah. the book of mormon that says that and the bible shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrine yeah. and the laying down of contentions and establishing peace mm -hmm. and i know i mean in all of our own hearts there are there are false doctrines that i believe yeah. and i wish i knew which ones were true and which were false but yeah. i struggle with certain things because i think one thing and that's the wrong thing, you yeah. know? I believe something that's false. And so it creates all these questions and, and it creates contentions and I wonder how can I, how can I accept that? How can I, yeah. and you know, those people with President Ballard who, who had all these questions, it's amazing how the Book of Mormon and, and understanding that, it can bring peace to the contentions in our hearts. It yeah. can bring clarity to the false doctrines in our minds. Yeah. And, and, and there may be times when we still, you know, they probably still went and maybe still had questions. Like yeah. you said, there are, there's answers out there. But how cool is it that as we study and, and gain testimonies of that, that we can be at peace even without knowing. Right. To say that's no longer, I no longer need to know that. Yeah. Which is a, a, an incredible thing. Yeah, and that there will be a day where we get the Q&A with Christ. Right? Yeah. Like, Please teach me about All this thing. All things. Right? That we'll get All there. things. And it was it Elder Holland that invited us to set our questions on the shelf? It was Elder, Elder Holland or, or uh, Elder Ruchdorf um, to set our questions on the shelf when we can't find answers to them. They'll, they'll come around. Yeah. Um, just maybe out of as we move out of chapter 3 into chapter 4, um, this last, last verse of chapter 3 teaches us a little bit about who Joseph was. Uh, now, blessed art thou, Joseph, behold, thou art little. Mm. You know, I think I've done a little bit of study, and, and based on when we know Jerusalem was destroyed in history uh, during this time period, um, they spent about 11 years in the wilderness um, mm. while they were traveling from Jerusalem to the coast and building their boat and all the things. Right. Um, and we know that by this point, according to the chapter heading of chapter 3, 
were 588 to 570. So if, if Lehi's calling Joseph Little, who was born during that travail in the wilderness, maybe Joseph's between 5 and 15, you know, yeah. somewhere in there. But it's just a little guy, and he's counseled to just follow the words of your brother, Nephi, and you'll be okay. Yeah. And, uh, but he, but uh, he, he, he does some just wonderful things. Lehi does. Chapter 2, I'll just jump in now. Um, he prophesied of Joseph um, of Egypt, and uh, the prophecies which he wrote, there are not many greater. Pro he prophesied concerning us and our future generations. Mm. They are written upon the plates of brass. So Joseph was uh, a great uh, prophet um, leader that, that taught of, his, of Lehi's people, and I think it's cool that, that that's where Lehi leaves the counsel for Joseph. So. Yeah. Okay, so we're into chapter four, and there's so much good in four. Um, sad, maybe, but, yeah. uh, but good. Yep. But good here, so I'll let you take us in. Amazing how those two can be uh, I know. synonymous. I know. Well, you actually pointed to something that I hadn't really thought about so much in six. I kind of jump over those, the blessings, you know. It's like, here's your kids. Yeah. You're going to be cursed. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be cursed. <laughs> you're gonna be, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's like Christmas morning sure. where you either get coal or I don't sure. know, but... Um, but I, I did love in six that you pointed us to, and he's talking to Laman and Lemuel and their kids, mm -hmm. to their posterity, sure. gathers them all. And, and he says, wherefore, if ye are cursed, in verse six, behold, I leave my blessing upon you that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. Mm. Um, and then he says in seven, wherefore, because of my blessing, the Lord God will not suffer that ye shall perish. Mm. And and we talked about it before, but I mean, even even Joseph in chapters before, born at a tough time. Yeah. And we can be born in tough times or in tough circumstances. Sure. I mean, Laman and Laman, I mean, they they're about to plot to kill Nephi, yep. and they're all going to leave. And this is kind of where they branch off. And yeah and choose different paths. And their posterity stayed with their parents. You right. know, they're a family. But what a hard thing to, I mean, you, you don't choose your family. You're born yeah. into, you know, we're just, we're born into our, our families and circumstances that might be less ideal than others. Yeah. And so to hear, to hear him saying one, uh, his blessing will take, the curse off of you and be answered upon the heads of your parents, yeah. right? So we won't be punished by him for sure. for the circumstances that we're in. And then in seven, because of that blessing, the Lord won't suffer that you'll perish. Yeah. And there's a there's a quote. You know, we talked about the slope in the October 21 conference. Reminded me of this, where we all have different yeah different starting points sure. in life. Some sure. we might feel further back than others and because of family situations or, or country you're born in or yeah. time you're born in. And yeah, financial situation or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, whatever it may be. And he says in here, talks about slopes and intercepts and, and he says, we all have different intercepts in life. We start in different places with different life endowments. Some are born with high intercepts, full of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Others face beginning circumstances that are challenging and seem unfair, mm -hmm. which we can see easily, right? We then progress along a slope of personal progress. But I love what he says now. He says, our future will be determined far less by our starting point and much more by our slope. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ sees divine potential 
no matter where we start. He saw it in the beggar, the sinner, and the infirm. He saw it in the fisherman, the tax collector, and even the zealot. No matter where we start, Christ considers what we do with what we are given. While the world focuses on our intercept, God focuses on our slope. Yeah. So are we increasing from where we started? Yeah. And the Savior is a perfect example of that. Born in a manger. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't and get much lower. Out of Nazareth, yeah, you know, right? not yeah. a... Yeah. Yeah, and so, so the Savior becoming perfect did so on a pretty steep slope. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, it's, it's a concept that, um, that was brought up years ago um, by President Mac, Elder Maxwell. Um, and he, he talked a little bit in a talk he gave about our equation, and that's kind of all he said. Hmm. But that has spurred some thinking in me over the course of years where where that equation looks very different for us, right? Like, yeah. like you were born in your circumstance, I was born in my circumstance. So maybe I was given 100 points for the circumstance I was born into. Yeah. You were given 105 for the circumstance yeah. you were born into, right? And that's just where we start. It's our starting point. Yep. Um, but th those circumstances continue with us too throughout our lives, right? The genetic makeup I have, my health, um, uh, the the family circumstances we talked about this right the the, the emotional state that yeah. my fam my mind has all of those things are little equations hmm. are little parts of the equation that get thrown in I I go to church and take my six kids to church we show up five minutes early and we're sitting in the pew God gives me a hundred points I was there I did it we got yeah. our kids there I say I did it but I mean my wife did it I just <laughs> I just kind of got in the car and turned it I on when it was time to leave. Um, but but I get a, I get maybe a hundred points because I went to church, and and I sit in the second pew of the church and I think we did it we got here good on me right and I'm, right. I'm so proud of myself that I got there. Well, I have some really great kids and I have a fantastic wife who is so capable that I just wake up in the morning and spend my own time worrying about me getting myself ready, and then I go I just get in the yeah. car and I go. My wife gets 300 points to my 100 points. We're, <laughs> we're the same family happen. going, right? My, my children, depending on where they're at in their own development, gets a certain number of points. And then I sit in my church meeting and I think, I wonder why Sister Jones didn't even show up until like halfway through sacrament. Why did she open the door and come right. in and sit down with her three yelling kids in the back row? Yeah. What's going on with Sister Jones? Why why can't she just stay on that foyer? And then, and then like right after the sacrament, she just picks her kids up and leaves. And I'm like, dude, you weren't even here for the whole sacrament. You left, <laughs> right? Like in my mind, I'm like, God's giving her like negative 3,000 points. And what I'm missing is God's view of Sister Jones is she got her three horrendous kids up this morning, got dresses kind of on them, yeah. put shoes on, yeah, they didn't match, but she put shoes on them because it mattered to t send them in their best, brought them, got the bread outside in the foyer, decided she wanted to be in the meeting, open the door, sits down, three kids going crazy, takes the water and doesn't want to disrupt the meeting anymore, stands up and leaves the building. Yeah. She's a single mom yeah. Dealing with that, I'm, I guarantee you she got more points to go to church than I did Right. with my perfect little family and all the wonderful things we have going in our lives, right? It's not perfect, believe me, but yeah. you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So our slope and the trajectory of our slope is not impacted by the equation, but our progress down the slope, up or down, is. Yeah. If, if my equation is is a tough equation that I'm moving through it and I'm going up in that in that progress I think is super important I think that's really what he's saying here 
right? You're going to be you're going to be blessed based on your actions. It's the yeah. it's the article of faith, right? Man shall not, will not be punished for for the sins of his parents, right? It's, yeah. You're going to be punished for your own stuff, um, and you're going to deal with your own stuff. I, I think there's something really cool there. Um, and, and effectively, he says the same thing to Laman's kids and Lemuel's kids, right? He, he brings Laman's right. in first, and he does in verse eight. He brings Lemuel's kids in, says the same thing, um, gives them a little bit of the same kind of counsel. And I think it's important to recognize that um, that equation will will generationally affect people. Will generationally affect me. Things I don't even yeah. understand that I think Heavenly Father puts into my equation when I get there. I'm grateful for it. So he then, he blesses uh, Ishmael and Sam. Um, and, uh, and then in the sad verse, verse 12. Verse 12. came to pass after my father Lehi had spoken unto all his household. Before we, before we get to that, can you imagine being Laman and Lemuel, standing there with, his, with your dad talking to your siblings yeah. or, or your children about how even if your parents aren't good, you're going to be okay. But, and, and then maybe back up to that a little bit. The promise made to them in 4, um, Inasmuch as you shall keep my commandments, you shall prosper in the land, and inasmuch as you will not, you shall be cut off from my presence. There is a way, you know, that, that you, can, you yeah. can make it. He says in verse 5, I cannot go down to my grave, save I should leave a blessing upon you. For behold, I know that if ye are brought up in the way ye should go, ye will not depart from it. That's a, that's a promise to, to every parent yeah. who has wayward children, right? That, that if you've raised them the way they should go, they won't depart from it long term. They'll mm. come back. And, the, and the, there's promises all over, um, modern day pro prophetic promises about how we will have our children if we've done our part as parents mm. with them. But but that what a promise and and if you're if you're Laman and Lemuel stand there listening to your dad say if your parents yeah. would have raised you right you wouldn't be lost in the gospel but but you're not gonna be lost anyway even if you are yeah right it's on, yeah. it's on it's on Laman and his wife and you, I just can't imagine being them standing there and and not just shifting my life a little bit yeah not just shifting my life but we're gonna get to why here in just a second so. Uh, he spoke. He speaks to all of his children, um, all the feelings of his heart and the feelings of the Lord, uh, and the spirit of the Lord which was in him. He waxed old, and it came to pass that he died and was buried. So you get a verse when you pass away in, in yeah. the scriptures uh, about your death. But then the next verse is so interesting to me. Listen to listen to what they're angry at. It came to pass that not many days after his death, Laman and Lemuel. And the sons of Ishmael were angry with me because of the admonitions of the Lord. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the Lord has said this, and so I'm mad at you, yeah. right? I'm mad at President Nelson because the Lord said. Why? What? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and just listening to what you were saying before, I have a lot more empathy for them. I can't imagine listening to... A lot of these conversations, and granted, I mean, we obviously we don't know the the spiritual standing of Laman and Lemuel sure. now. You yeah, know, sure. they could be awesome. the stalwart. You know, the most stalwart of it. We don't know. I kind of don't think so, but yeah, they yeah. could be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, based off of patterns, I don't right, know. Yeah. But, but we just don't know. But 
I mean, to have Lehi give his dream of the Tree of Life that we just talked about sure. a, a few weeks ago, and and to have Dad say, basically, I'm worried about you because of this dream. Yeah. That in my dream, you didn't partake of the fruit. Yeah. You know, can you imagine sitting through that? And then listening to this, it's like, even if, you know, even if, though your parents didn't raise you right, or even if they yeah. don't, you're going to be okay. To, to your kids, and you're standing there listening, yeah. and, and it would just be hard. Um, but it's amazing how Satan, we just get stirred up, yeah. and we just get angry at whoever. And I remember growing up, I was, you know, this was a few years back, and, and there was counsel that I really didn't like. Mm because I thought I knew best and, and I, I had great intentions. I had sure. wonderful intentions. Sure. But there was something that was advised within the church and, and I didn't like it because I thought, well, that's for other people. That's not for me. I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I don't mm-hmm. need that. And, and yet the guilt wouldn't go away. I couldn't justify it away. And so I had to look for other means to, sure. to get away from it. And so I started getting mad at my parents. I started getting, <laughs> I started going to church and, and I started acting in ways that were against what we were advised to do. And obviously, people knew about it and found out about it, and so they would talk about it. And, and then i get mad at them and be like, sure. why is this person in my class, why is their mom talking to my mom about right. this? Like, this is none of your business. Meanwhile, you're, like you're feeling godly sorrow. Lady. Yeah, for the- <laughs> Yeah, and so I just looked to get mad at whoever. And I noticed it was just interesting because I did about everything else you could besides feel godly sorrow uh-huh. and think maybe I should listen or maybe I should change. Anyone else should change yeah. or I could get mad at anyone else. But he just got me focused on anything but yeah. me choosing to change and be humble. And, yeah. and it's just amazing how we can do that. Here's the Lord saying this, so I'm going to get mad at Nephi. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it, it's happened to me. It was interesting in the last uh, week we had an institute event that was actually invited by the administrator of Seminary and Institute, the general authority that oversees Seminary and Institute. And um, he invited us to have a date night paid for by the institute with the young adults and invite the young adults to ask people on dates, bring them to this event. And it was interesting to see some students' reaction to that that was so averse to being told to go date. Yeah. And then to be at the event and have, um, I would guess 90% of those people that came were on a first date. Yeah. They're not in that practice of dating each other. Right. And so it took, hey, go ask somebody, we'll provide the date, you just bring them. Bring somebody. And we'll do it, right? And, and, and it was interesting to, to visit with the young people afterwards about um, their experience in that. The, the other thing I might share is uh, last week uh, on the podcast, uh, President Butler, uh, Brian yeah. Butler shared some things, some pretty heavy things about being men and standing up and, and getting out and dating and, and, and getting shaken off the dust and, yeah. and the chains and things like that. Well, it was interesting because yesterday and kind of connected to that dating experience, I had a, a young person uh, send me a, a text uh, in relation to last week's podcast episode, and, and he said this. He said, I had an epiphany uh, from your most recent released podcast episode. I have felt directed to improve my dating, mm. social life, and change how I spend my free time. Thank you. It's interesting that in until someone's called out on how they 
are living their life. Whether, now, now, we weren't calling people out, right? We, right. we weren't like yeah. angry and, and, but Lehi's not either, right? right. He's, he's just expounding and, and exhorting and counseling a little. And I hope that's what's always felt from what we do here on the podcast. But, but until something is said that, that strikes you sideways a little bit, and is and is contrary, godly contrary to to what you're doing in your life. Yeah, y- you could be very comfortable. You yep. could have a lot of dust come and just settle on you. You're not moving very much. You're just yeah. doing your thing. I was so pleased with this young person um, who heard what could have otherwise been a very maybe offensive, abrasive. Yeah, are just... you telling me to date? You don't know my life. You yeah. don't. You know. But but to hear it and think, man, there's something there. I need to I need to tweak in my life. It's straight out of the scriptures and. It could have been so easy for Laman and Lemuel to say, you know what, Dad's right, we're doing this wrong. Yeah. But it would have been a lot of introspection and a lot of self-reflection. Yeah, and yeah, it would have been stuff. the most easy, but, yeah. but definitely worth it. Okay, so now we're into some stuff that I actually really, really love and want to want to spend just a minute on this stuff. This, The, the end of this uh, chapter, I should preface this by saying I read this every Sunday. Yeah. I start in halfway through verse 17. So cool. And I read clear to the end of the chapter, and I'm, I'm trying to memorize it slowly, and it's not happening very fast. But, but this is um, a section of Scripture that I, that I really love, and because of what we do during the sacrament, this just fits how I feel every yeah. single Sunday. Well, it would be counsel I would give to everyone. I mean, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to start reading this, been interesting. you know, to deepen my experience as I ponder during the sacrament. So can I just read the first few verses here? And then, and then imagine you're, you're about to partake of the sacrament. You're thinking back on your week and, and you did some stupid stuff, right? Like <laughs> I do every week. So I get to the halfway through 17 and it says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh. My soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. I am encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which do so easily beset me. And when I desire to rejoice, my heart groaneth because of my sins. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. That is how I feel when I sit in the chapel every Sunday. I start thinking about what I've done and who I am and what I'm representing. And and I do a lot of good things, right? Nothing I'm thinking about is is horrific. Um, But... But I am, man, I'm dealing with stuff that I've dealt with forever in my mind. And I just keep going back to it. And the sins so easily beset me. And and temptation is just encompassing me. And so I sit and I think, man, this is, Nephi is me. And I think of Nephi and I'm like, dude, there's no way Nephi is me. He's way better (laughs) than me, right? So what's encompassing him? (laughs) What wretched man does he think he is? If I'm... Well, I don't even know what the word is. If he's a wretched man, what am right. I, right? Yeah, it's not one I would use in normal conversations. No. But he's feeling like that and maybe having some sorrow because of the death of his father and, yeah. and you know, self-reflection and, and the counsel that was given to him to lead, some things there. But anyway, I just really love that. Those few verses, because it sets up how I feel at sacrament. Well, and can I just... Uh, oftentimes when we do reflect and we think about ourselves in our own standing, yeah. because, I mean, like it says in the New Testament, all fall short. You know, we all sin and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. And so there's no way for a self-reflection mm-hmm. to end in anything other than really discouragement because yeah. there is no way that we can reflect on ourselves 
and not feel like we're falling short. Right. And if that is where the con- or if that's where the pondering and the thoughts stay, yeah. if we just if we were to just replay verses <laughs> 17 to 19 those first sentences over and over again. Oh, right? I mean, that's that's the worst cycle, right? Like nothing will spiral you into a depression right. quicker yeah. than thinking about oh, that. Oh, for sure. And yet I do that. Uh-huh. And so the the last sentence or the last phrase even of 19 mm-hmm. I think is the catalyst for the rest of this psalm, this prayer, yeah. and, and what can be our sacrament experience when he says, nevertheless or but, right? He stops yeah. that thinking to say, but... I know in whom I have trusted. Yeah. And so you see this shift from now I'm I'm done thinking of myself right. and all the ways that I'm falling short. And what will cut that off is to say, I'm going to remember him, but I remember Yeah, I'm going to put him right in the middle of it. Yep. It's Alma the Younger feeling weighed down by his sins. And as soon as he remembers. He reached out to that thought. Yeah. I, I think I often have studied in correlation to this, this psalm of, of Nephi. Romans chapter 7, verse 18 through maybe the end mm-hmm. of the chapter, where um, Paul is, is saying, I know that in me, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what I want to do, but how to, to do, it. do it, I have no idea. <laughs> for the good that I would, I do not. Yeah, I, the the things that are good that I want to do, I don't do those. I don't things, do them, right? <laughs> but the evil which I would not, that I do. Yep. The things <laughs> right? that I know I shouldn't do, I do those ones. Yeah. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So I yeah. know this is just this bad part of me, right? Um, it, it, this just this idea that we are just led about almost by a by a nose ring. Uh, and yeah. by the adversary, we've allowed a nose ring to be put in sometimes, and that just runs us through our life. Um, and, then, and then he says, uh, Paul says in Romans, it's kind of interesting, verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with that mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Yeah. He himself is not his body. Yeah. His body's going to do some stuff he does not support, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, so I, I love that. And so as soon as, as soon as Nephi gains that vision, I know of whom I have trusted, yeah. then he starts defining that. Yeah. Right? He starts to saying, this is who I yeah. have trusted me. Why don't you keep reading in there? Yeah, I'll just go through just highlighting some of these. My God hath been my support, hath led me through mine afflictions in the wilderness, hath preserved me mm-hmm. upon the waters of the great deep. He hath filled me with his love, even unto the consuming of my flesh. He hath confounded my enemies, unto the causing them to quake before me. He hath heard my cry by day, mm. and hath given me knowledge by visions at nighttime. Mm. And by day I have waxed bold in mighty prayer before him. Yea, my voice have I sent on high, and angels came down and ministered unto me. Mm. And upon the wings of his spirit hath my body been carried away upon exceedingly high mountains, and my eyes have beheld great things, yea, even too great for man. Therefore I was bidden that I should not write them. So cool. So cool. I I actually have taken these verses um, in a seminary lesson I teach when when we're here, and I take away the things that Nephi got. Yeah. 
and just put blanks just, in. I was just thinking about right? that. Right? Yeah. That make we can versify and make it our, our own. Yeah. Right? What has he done for me? Right. My God hath support hath, hath been my support. He hath blank. Yeah. What? What? What did he do for me to be yeah. my support? Um, he's comforted me, you know. And, yeah. He's filled me with what? Yeah. Right? And, and happiness, joy, mm. love. Christ, Nephi says love. He has confounded who in yeah. my life? Right? Uh, he hath heard my cry by what? What did he do? Yeah, he right? has given me what? Yeah, it's such a great experience for a young person to mm. remember what the Lord's what already he's done, done, right? Yeah, because if you can think, if you can get there in your mind, then you back up to the end of, uh, of verse nineteen. I know in whom I have trusted. Yeah, right. If I can think about it and think this is the thing that God's already done through the Savior for me. Yeah. Man, there's some power there. Now, okay, yeah, you're right. That's the guy yep. who I've trusted in. So then yeah, what? So what? So what? So then we get to 20. 20 sorry, 26. 26, yeah, right? So he says, oh, then, right? Or so what? Yeah. If I've seen so great things, if the Lord and his condescension unto the children of men, also the condescension, love that word, which is the coming right. down. Yeah. If he has come down to people with so much mercy. Then he asks four questions. Yeah. Why should my heart weep and my soul linger in the valley of sorrow and my flesh waste away and my strength slacken because of my afflictions? Okay, so there's question one. Why am I weak? Why, do I, why do I let my afflictions affect me? Keep going. Why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? There's question two. Why do I let, because my body wants to do this thing, why do I, why do I let do it? Yeah. Right? I think so often it's yeah. like, well, I wanted to, so I did. <laughs> so I, I had no other choice. <laughs> it was my a calling on me. <laughs> So question three then. Uh, yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one have place in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why do I give in to the things I know are the adversary? Yeah. And then lastly, why am I angry because of my enemy? Yeah, I'm only angry at him because I did what he wanted me to do. <laughs> why am I mad at him? It's my fault. <laughs> so interesting. So those questions, I think, are really good self-reflective questions. Why yeah. do I let those things happen? Why do I give in? Why do I just succumb to whatever the adversary is tempting me with? In, in, uh, uh, there's scripture that says, um, pray always lest ye be tempted above that which ye uh, can handle. Yeah. And I think often in the Christian world that has been mis misunderstood and misinterpreted. God will never give you something that you can't handle. Yeah. No. What does the first part of it say? Pray yeah. always. Right. Because otherwise you're going to, I'm tempted all the time beyond yeah. that which I can handle <laughs> because I don't have a prayer in my heart. I'm not working on it. I'm not constantly asking for yeah. help in that thing. And so then I get mad at the adversary and I blame him. Well, right. no, he's just doing what he does. Yeah. Right? He's not any different today because I succumbed that today and I didn't yesterday. He's him doing it. I was tempted yesterday yeah. too. And I be just there was better yeah. yesterday, right? So, so I think there's, there's a self-ownership that needs to come. Um, why do I do these things? Why do I allow that? And how can I strengthen myself so that I don't? I think that's the, 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 the main question to ask. Yeah. What do I need to do? And then he gives the answer, right? Verse 28. He says, awake my soul. Right. It harkens back to chapter two where Lehi's like awake. Yeah, shake off the shake chains. Shake off yeah. the chains and, and rise from the dust, right? Awake, my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength. Verse 30, rejoice. Cry unto the Lord. 
and, and I will praise thee forever. Hmm. And, and then he talks about who, who the Lord is, right. um, that he has is, he is redeemed his soul. So um, go with me back now to my sacrament meeting where I sit and I am feeling a wretched man. Hmm. And then I go through the questions. Why did I do that this week? Why did I let... Well, I was tempted, and I didn't do this before that, and so then I was more tempted, and I, yeah. and I did fall, and I didn't whatever, right? And then, okay, I'm going to reset. Awake. Okay, I'm taking the sacrament. I'm going to wash myself clean. I'm going to re re-covenant to all these things, um, and I'm going to shake off the chains and go do yeah. and be active. Um, I know next week I'm going to show up to the same meeting feel very similar. Yeah. But maybe it's about different things. I hope it's about different yeah. things. Yeah, right? or you see some sort of progress yeah, along right. the way. Yeah. Uh, verse, verse 34. Um, oh, Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his, putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Yea, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. I know, verse yeah. 35, that God will give liberally to him that asketh. If I ask not amiss, I will lift up my voice, I will cry unto thee, my, the rock of my righteousness, the solid foundation, right? Behold, my voice shall forever ascend up to thee. That's the end of my sacrament right there. Yeah. I will do this again this week, and I will be better. Well, and what a cool pattern. I mean, you have your, your own reflection in 17 to 19, right? You reflect on where you're at, right? What lack I yet? Where am I at? Which, I mean, we talked about earlier, inevitably doesn't end well, yeah, you know? Right. But as we look then to Him, right? Remember Him and who He is. It allows us to, to be renewed, to yeah. feel that, to say, why? Yeah. Why am I doing that? No, I can sure. rejoice. No, yeah. I can. And we feel that, that redemption, right? The, yeah. the power that the Savior offers. But I think that's where, I love that you kept going because as far as the pattern, we, we come to the Savior for forgiveness, mm -hmm. right? For that redemption. Mm -hmm. and But also, he says, with a hope that we can change. Yeah. Right? Like, right. Yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. Exactly. I don't have to. So there's the thoughts about change, right? This is just a beautiful pattern for repentance, to feel bad, mm -hmm. to turn to the Savior, mm -hmm. remember Him, which allows us to feel that forgiveness yep. and to feel hope. Yep. for the future but I think that's where we end with grace most of the time yeah. with the Savior's yeah. grace we say he's I've been forgiven I felt renewed and I'm done but I love uh, you know that commitment to change right is great but then he says in 31 on he seeks the Lord's grace yeah. right he says I don't have to be the same I can change yeah and he asks for then nine says, things yeah will you redeem verses. my soul will you deliver me Will you make me shake at the appearance of sin? Yeah. Will the gates of hell be shut continually before me? Right? And he goes on and on. But that pattern that we go to him for forgiveness, for redemption, but also for the grace moving forward. Yeah. To say for this next week, yeah. will you please redeem me? Will you please help me to focus on or see the things that I shouldn't be doing? Yeah. And remind me not to do them, to not to shake at yeah. those things. The, the grace of the atonement of Jesus Christ is first and foremost what we need to become worthy. Yeah. But the enabling power Correct. of the atonement of Jesus Christ is what we need to become like him. Yeah, to become more. And that's what he's asked of us. He yeah. didn't stop in his counsel to us by saying, be therefore unsinful and worthy. Yeah, and then he you're said, good. He said, be therefore perfect yeah. as I am, right? 
become, become like me. You can have like what the Father has, become like us, yeah. right? That only comes through that enabling power, which gives me the strength and the power to do things I otherwise am not capable of doing. Yeah, and again, that idea, if you were to go that next week, just relying on yourself, yeah, I, I will fail. you'd end up in the same spot yeah. over and over. Yeah. But to say, I'm trusting in you, meaning I'm seeking your help, your enabling yeah. power, and then I can know next week yeah. I can be in a better place. Yeah. You know, he will lift us, literally lift us yeah, you, higher. You've proven that you can't one. do it on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So you may as well turn somewhere else because it isn't working for you. Yeah. Oh, brother, I love it. So good. Well, Brother Troutman, thank you. This we've we've done a pretty good job of covering this block this week. It's great when there's only two chapters. We yeah. get through it. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your study and your uh, you're just such a dynamic person. And I'm so excited for the youth to get to have you as their teacher. If there's something that uh, you would share, uh, you're still kind of in the young adult age group, yeah. right? You're still the the I won't say how old you are, but I don't actually know. But but you're not over thirty yet. Is that right? Correct. Okay, yeah. not over thirty yet. Thanks for asking. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was over thirty. Um, but but I might say um, I might say you've accomplished a lot of the things that young adults are are trying to accomplish. Those those very formative years where they're getting a career, they've gone through school, they're trying to get married, they're all those things uh, that are so important and so eternal, right? Yeah. That's so part of the plan. What would you say to them? Um, not that you're on the backside of being a young adult, but but having accomplished some of those things, um, and and I, from my perspective, doing it with with a lot of pizzazz and just you've accomplished it. It's good. <laughs> you're doing well. Yeah, that makes me feel like I'm retired. Yeah, and about right? to die. <laughs> what would you tell them? How would you counsel them? Um, I think remembering the Savior makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, if I had to sum it, I think a scripture sums it up best in 2 Nephi 31, where he says, after you've gotten into the way, and you could, you could replace that with anything, after you've gotten home from a mission, after you've graduated high school, got a job. after you've got a job, after you've gotten married, mm -hmm. after you've, whatever it is, and wherever you're at, right, you have accomplished something wherever you are at. Yeah. Um, you pass freshman year, sure, you know, whatever, right, whatever it is, of high school <laughs> yeah. or college, whatever that is. Pass Friday's you test. Pass something. <laughs> so wherever you're at currently, uh, you've only gotten that far by relying wholly, completely yeah. upon the merits and mercy of, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you see Nephi, what it looks like for him to yeah. rely on Jesus Christ. And he's accomplished a lot. Yeah. He's not and done. No, not done. <laughs> But moving forward, the only way he can is by looking to and seeking help and forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And I have found that that pattern never changes. Yeah. It's why would we stop? What, why, why are we even asking what we should do? If you've come home from a mission, you're wondering what to do. Sure. You know what to do. Turn to him. Yeah. That's the only way you made it through those 18 right. months, two years. Yep. That's the only way you made it through high school. It's the only way you yeah. made it through X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So... Getting through dating, getting through college, getting through deciding, mm -hmm. you know, big and big life decisions. Yeah. Um, the only way is the exact same way as the way that brought you here, right? Yeah. Capital W way. Yeah. And that's, that's Jesus Christ. And yeah. so as we go to him, mm. he'll show you the way for now. Because if you look back, the only reason you got to where you are is because of him. So yeah. I, I say just remember that that you know the pattern, you know the way, because yeah. the way is a person, yeah. it's him. So yeah. if you lean on him, 
the future mountains will be surmountable just as they always have been in the past. Mm. I love that visual too. Thank you, because the mountains are in front of you all the time, yeah. right? And you've climbed some and you've got more to go. Yeah. I love it. Brother Cody, thank you. It's uh, been good to be with you and uh, I am sure we will have you back. Love to. Okay. Thank you. See ya.